and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. I will uh, read from Luke chapter 4, verse 18 from the New King James Version. It says, um, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That poor is not talking about money, okay? Many people have got lots and lots of money but are poor in many ways. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. There are many people who are brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Many people who are walking free but they are captives in their hearts. And recovery of sight to the blind. Many have got their eyes wide open. Some have even got glasses. But they are blind. Amen. Not, 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 not mom of course. Amen. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. There are many people who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord to tell them that they are accepted of the Lord in the way they are. If only they can believe in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this is so important. Imagine the God of the universe had become a human being just for this. Just for this. He, he had to come. He had sent prophets. He had done many things. But he had to come himself to do this bit. And this is what he has brought us into to do. We must, especially when we go out to reach people who preach the gospel, we are not, we are not preaching the gospel uh, to score marks. We are preaching the gospel because we care for people. Amen. And the people we, we, we win, the souls we win, are particularly very delicate. Very, is that okay? are particularly very delicate. So, when you win a soul through preaching the gospel, you must give them attention. Jesus said, go and make disciples. He did not say, go and find disciples. It's much easier to find a person, you preach to them, they say, yes, hallelujah, let me, let me pray and, and be born again. And they want to go to church like you want to go to church. And they are already speaking tongues. And they are already... You are not going to find such people. You are going to make disciples. You are going to... You find a person who has got no reason to come to church. You are going to make them want to come to church the way you want to come to church. You are going to make them want to, to pray the way you want to pray. You are going to make them want to reach out for the lost the way you want to reach out for the lost. You are multiplying yourself in them. So, and don't get disappointed when they don't seem like they are coming. Some of us, when people come to us many times before we came. People dragged us in church and we went out again. Don't be disappointed because your ministry is people. Would you rather be just, there are no people? Your ministry is people. And they come in every form. And uh, attitude. Come here. It 
is not your business to say, no, I like this one, I don't like this one. You love them. You let God love them in and through you. Praise the Lord. So please, let's take care of the people we minister to. Like eggs. That we don't want to drop. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do you know what is called knowledge? Knowledge. What is knowledge? <laughs> there are professors here. Philosophers. What is knowledge? What is understanding? What is wisdom? Because this Bible we have is a Bible of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. <laughs> knowledge is an awareness of the proper facts. You know, this definition I'm giving you about these things is for the understanding of the Bible. Okay? Knowledge is an awareness of the proper facts, proper correct facts. Or you can say information. Okay? What is understanding? Understanding is appreciating knowledge in its proper context. And that's why we have so many problems in the Bible. Because things are there but they are not understood in their correct context. Mm. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge in its proper context, in situations to your benefit. Amen? This is these things I just said to you, they are things that help you understand the Bible. How many of you know John, John 10 10? Yes. Yeah. What does it say? I came to give you life in It says that I came that they might have it more abundantly. That they might have life and that they might have it more Abandoned. What does that mean? Come again. Where did you come from? This is just perfect. You are teaching. You are teaching. Because people think that abandoned, having life more abundant. You think you should read, you should just read. Have Abandoned life. Abandoned life is like saying eternal life. Okay? A lot of people say abandoned life is having a luxurious life, mansion, a car, jet. They think that is abandoned life. There are a lot of people with those things without the abandoned life. That's right. Amen? Amen. That's why we need to understand the knowledge. Amen? In its proper context, so that we can use it correctly. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Now we 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 had uh, we had a wonderful uh, weekend in the um, in in in, uh, in uh, at the conference. I mean, at the conference. Praise the Lord! And the atmosphere is still. Kind of dense with that, uh, with that um, uh, uh, 
word that God was giving us. And uh, do you know why we are saved? Do you know we are saved? Why are we saved? Why were you, why, why were you saved? Listen to this. Let's read uh, Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25. Isaiah, I'm just trying to warm up to you. Isaiah 43 verse 25. I'm reading from the King James first. It says, I even I. What does that mean? I even I. I even I. I even I means I Without you, without your participation, you are not involved. It's my business. In my business alone. That's the emphasis. I even I. Which means you are not involved. I've not started. I dance here, I dance here. Amen. So he's saying, I even I. So which means this is God's business. You are not involved. But it's about you. He says, I even I. I am he that blotted out thy transgression. What is a, a word you use for blotted out these days? I know with cell phones. What word do you use? Delete. Delete. That's the word there. Don't get confused with the blot. So let me read it that way. I even I am he that deleted out your transgressions for my own sake. Not for yours, for his own sake. Which means he's saying, for my own purpose. So, the reason why God saved you is not for you. God saved you for his own purpose. God created the human race for his purpose. But the, the human race is in sin. So for, God, for the human race to be in God's purpose, he must save them. So when you are saved, you are now back in God's purpose. You are not saved to be free. You are saved from the world unto God. Amen. You are not free. Yes, you are free from Satan, you are free from darkness, you are free from all the devices of the devil, but you are not a freelancer. <laughs> Amen. Because he saved you for his sake, for his purpose. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 40. All right, let, let's get 43. Let's, let's stay with the same verse in uh, the voice, the voice. Isaiah 43, 25. It says, let, get the, let us get this clear. In case you are confused. <laughs> he wants us to be clear about these things. It's for my own sake or my own purpose or my own plan that I serve you. <laughs> be clear about these things. Okay? I am he who wipes the slate clean 
and erases. Can you see? Delete. I was right. And erases your wrongdoing. I will not call to mind your sins anymore. Once you are saved, your sins will never come up between you and God. Amen. The issue of sin will not come up between you and God. The issue of sins might come up between you and me. We must remember that. So the issue of sin that we must fix is between ourselves, not between us and God. Amen. That is what is called walking in love. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 44, verse 22. I'll take it only from the voice. Isaiah 44, verse 22. Is that the scriptures you have, you have up there? Not that one. Not this one. Okay. I think I didn't give it to you. I have swept away your wrongdoing. Listen, God is not saying, I will sweep away your wrongdoings. He is saying he has done that. It's in the past tense. When did he do that? My sister in the middle. Are those your, 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 your parents? Yeah? When did he sweep away your wrongdoing? When, he, when did he wash away your sins? Yes. It's a past tense. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. So what did he do? He cleansed you from your sins. He washed away your sins. Then he called you. Can you see? Then he called you. He dealt with your sins. Then he called you. So if there is a sin that is still not dealt with in your life, is it your fault or his? It is because it's his business. And he does such a perfect job. There is no sin in your life that has not been dealt with. He did a perfect job. So he called you based on what he did. He did not tell you to deal with your sin, then come to him. He dealt with your sin, then he called you. Now listen, let's read it again. I have swept away your wrongdoing as a wind sweeps a cloud from the sky. I have cleared you of your sins. Before he called you, he did that. As the sun clears the morning mist, I have rescued you. Come back to me. Can you see you are not free? You are saved to, to someone. You are not free. I have saved you so you can come to me. So you are not your own. You were bought. You belong. People want to be free away. They don't belong to anyone. I am free from anyone. I am free from responsibility. I am, I am free to forgive. I'm, you know, everything you are free. Because Jesus finished it all. You are not free. You are not free. Praise the Lord. Let's see why you were saved. You were saved. Do you know that when you were saved, you were given righteousness? Do you know what is called righteousness? What is righteousness, mommy? Right standing with God. Right standing with God. It's, it's rather a selfish view. It's about yourself, you are thinking. Can you see? You are thinking about yourself. How good you look. 
how clean you are. But he's, he saved you for his purpose, not your purpose. He saved you for his sake, not yourself. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. Now I start to preach. <laughs> Romans 3 verse 10. Romans 3 verse 10. I'm reading first from the King James. 10 to 12. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. That's a declaration on mankind. That there is no one who is righteous. Did you see what he said? He says, as it is written. As it is what? Which means the person who is teaching this Paul to the church at Rome, he is reading somewhere. He is teaching from somewhere. Where is he teaching from? The scriptures. What are the scriptures? The Bible that he had at that day. Remember when he's writing that letter to the church at Rome, there is no book of Romans. So what Bible did he have in his hands? Genesis to Malachi. This is the church I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Genesis to Malachi. So, he is now explaining the scriptures as he is writing to the church at Rome. Which means, Genesis to Malachi is not Old Testament. Because that is what he is teaching to the church in Rome. My sister, are you in school? Me? Eh. Yes. You are in school? Yes. What are you studying? One of the subjects in your in, in, at high school. English. 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 Are you, do you do English literature? Literature in English. No, that's just English. Just the literature. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you are doing uh, literature. I don't know what books you do in literature. Okay. Let's 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 say history to simplify things. Let's say history. Okay. Let's change subjects. <laughs> Amen. So, listen. Listen. We are doing... Hey. We are, you are, she is in school. I am her teacher. We, we, I am teaching her history. We have got a textbook for history. What is it called? The history of South Africa. Let's just call it that. It's a textbook. It's thick like this. I am the teacher. I have a textbook here. And I am teaching her. She's taking notes. She's taking notes that I'm teaching her from the textbook, isn't it? Yes. In case, when I take her notes and there's something I don't understand, where must I go in order to understand? I must go to the textbook. Otherwise, I won't understand it. So, this is the mistake the churches made. These Romans, Ephesians, Philippians, these are notes of explanation from Genesis to Malachi. Genesis to Malachi is not Old Testament. It's the Bible. Matthew to, to Revelation are notes explaining and interpreting what is already written from Genesis to Malachi. So the Bible is just the Bible. There is no part that is called Old Testament. There is no part that is called New Testament. Are we together? That's why Paul is writing and he says it's written. He is teaching from the textbook. So these are Paul's notes. 
These are Paul's notes. So he says it is written. Fortunately for Paul, he directs us where he is coming from. It says, it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Verse 12. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. Can you see? They become unprofitable to God, which means God can use them. So, for God to save you, he wants to use you. For God to save you, he wants you to be profitable to him. Are we together? Yes. There is none that doeth good. For God to save you, he saves you so that you can do good. Are we together? He says, there is none that doeth good. No, not one. So if we look carefully at this verse, we see that righteousness is doing. Righteousness is doing something. Mm -hmm. This that I'm teaching you, you go through all the verses that say righteousness. This is where you land. Okay? Righteousness is doing something, Jerusalem. Right? Okay, let's... You know, sometimes we, we, we miss the meaning of the Bible because we want to stay with the old uh, uh, language. The languages are going to change. The Bible is going to be put in Africans, in French, in Shona, in English, in Zulu. All the languages can change, but the Word of God does not change. So for you to be able to access the Word of God, you must pass through the language of men. The language, God does not speak English. God, ne God never went to school to speak English. And when God talks to you, he does not use English. He puts information there. You then communicate it in English. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, let's, let's put a, a, a meaning to this, an easy meaning to this righteousness. Okay? I know many of you, you are like me. You learned English. You were not born speaking English, isn't it? Some of you were, but many are like me. I learned English. So, even if I speak broken English, you must go past my broken English to the word of God. Hallelujah. So, righteousness, let's call it what? Mommy called it right standing. Nearly. It's right doing. It's doing what is right. We pack there. Let's carry on. <laughs> so, the verse says it is written, which means Paul is teaching from the Bible. And the Bible in that day was only from Genesis to Malachi. We are, it's now clear, isn't it? All the books from Matthew to Revelation were not in existence when Paul is writing this letter. So, where is he writing from? So we must be able to go where it's written. Because this is not where it's written. He's texting from where it's written. Let's go to Romans, to Psalms 14. The book of Psalms, verse 14, verse 1 to 3. Psalms 14, verse 1 to 3. I'll read in the King James. It says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God, which means he 
they have not believed there is no God. There is God. There is, there is God. When he says he said in his heart, he said he does not believe that there is a God. And that person is a fool. Sometimes when, I, when, I, when I'm preaching, I, I, there are certain people I call fools. And people think that I'm, not, I'm being ungodly. It's, it's God's language. He calls people fools. I'm a man of God. I speak the language of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Can you see where he's reading from? Verse 2. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Can you see where Paul is teaching from? Hallelujah. Let's read it in the New Revised Standard Version. It says, Fools say in their hearts, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable things, deeds. There is no one who does good. Verse 2. The Lord looks down from heaven on humankind. I like that. To see if there are any who are wise, who seek after God, they have all gone astray. They are all alike, perverse. Which means they are, they, they are in opposition to what God wants. There is no one who does good. No, not one. So here in the book of Psalms, we can also see that righteousness is doing something. Because they are not doing that something. Amen. That's where Paul is coming from. So let's go to Paul, Paul goes on in a verse uh, in, in Romans chapter 3 to verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think I need to explain this one a little bit. Do you know that man, the Bible does not say man is fallen? Have you heard some people say man is fallen? Man is not fallen. There is no man who fell from anywhere. Amen? Amen. Men did not fall. Men fell short. Are you still recording? Oh, you got oh, awesome. Praise the Lord. Eh? Awesome. Hallelujah. <laughs> Men fell short. It says here, For all have seen and come short of the glory of God. They came short, they did not fall. What men was trying to do? He wanted to reach the standard. He jumped, he could not touch it. He tapped, he could not touch it. He jumped up, he could not touch it. He came short of touching it. He did not reach it. He did not reach the standard. Falling will be, he was there, then he fell. That is not what happened. He came short, he did not reach there. So men did not fall from anywhere. Angels are the ones who fell because they came from where they were supposed to be and they fell in sin. Some angels, not all angels, okay? 
So men, men came short of the glory of God, which means they did not attain the glory of God. And where does he get this from, Paul? Where is he getting that from? He is also getting it from where? From the scriptures. Let's go to Isaiah 64, verse 6. I'm reading from the King James first. Now, we, we, I want you to understand what I'm doing here. I'm trying to persuade you that righteousness is doing something. So that if you are righteous, you must be seen to be doing something. Otherwise, you are not righteous. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 64, verse 6, King James says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. What is he saying? He is saying, All our right doing. Can you see the meaning of righteousness? All our right doing is like filthy rags, which means everything we do outside Christ. Are we together? Then he says, And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Let's, uh, let's read from uh, the Good News Translation. Good news translation says, But we are all as an unclean thing. No, 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 that's King James. Good news says, All of us have been sinful. Even our best actions. Can you see what righteousness means? Righteousness means action, it means doing something. So he says, All our best actions. Where King James says, All our righteousness. Good news says all our best actions. So it says all our best actions are filled through and through because of our sins. We are like leaves that wither and are blown away by the wind. So here Isaiah, in Isaiah we see again that righteousness is doing something. Righteousness is some action. Romans 1 verse 16. I'm reading from the King James. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That Greek is Gentile, okay? Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, can you see everything Paul is writing is already written? Yeah. So he says, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Can you see now? Let's go back to that righteousness in verse 17. He says, For therein is the right doing of God. Or you can say, For therein is the right action of God revealed. So righteousness is doing something. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Are you moving with me? Yes. Then he says also, as it is written, they just shall live by faith. But something special there. He says, the righteousness of God. The righteousness of who? God. So righteousness is of God. But we saw that no man is righteous. 
Which means no man is able to do right. Because no man is righteous. Because we are saying righteousness is doing right. By themselves. So man does what is right. How can man do what is right? Man does what is right when they believe in God's faithfulness to do what is right or to put things right in the earth. He did not hear me. Man does what is right when man believes in God's faithfulness to do what is right on the earth. What is God doing right on the earth? God is fixing things on the earth. Why? Because the earth is in darkness. What is darkness? Men who are not saved. So God is fixing things on the earth. God is putting things right on the earth. God is doing a correction on the earth. That correction that God is doing, is doing right. When you are in school, I don't want to come to you again, otherwise you feel intimidated. <laughs> when you are in school, and you do something wrong, they say, they might be wrong and they say, go and do correction. God is doing a correction on the earth. That correction that you are doing, you are not going to do it right. Are we together? Yes. So God is doing what is right on the earth. Because things are not right on the earth. Then he, so when it says from faith to faith, what does that mean? It means you are having faith in the faithfulness of God to put things right. That's what faith to faith means. Amen. It's your faith in the faithfulness of God to put things right on the earth. Amen. 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 Faith to faith. Oh, I just explained that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Let me let me let me read it this way. The phrase "faith to faith" would be seen in the faith. Faith in the promise, which is the promises in the Holy Scriptures, isn't it? Which is now fulfilled in the resurrection of Christ. So the promise is about God's faithfulness to put things right on the earth. Okay? Yes. Again, we see that Paul is quoting and teaching from the Scriptures. There is a Scripture he's quoting from there when he says, the just shall live by faith. That verse here, that verse has caused confusion with the meaning of righteousness. Because normally, people when they talk about righteousness, they are talking about justification. Righteousness is not justification. Righteousness is not justification. That's how we have treated it mostly. Amen. Just ah, you, you don't. There's no problem with you. You are clean. You are clean. That's righteousness. No, no. Righteousness is you are doing something right. Amen. It will come together. It will come together. Anyone confused yet? Yet. 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 <laughs> Whatever. 
If you're feeling a bit confused, that's what I do. I first terrify you, then I edify you. <laughs> because, you know, if we go gently, gently, people have heard scriptures many times. Sometimes it does not so. Uh-huh. And that's why we use different versions. Some people can, can sing verses in the King James, but ask them what it means. They don't know. They have crammed them. They memorized them. So that's why we terrify a little bit. So Paul is also reading from Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. So can the just live by his faith, which means there is no God needed. There's going to be God there. Are we together? Yes. So the word just there is not just the justified. Amen? Amen. The word just there, if we look it up, it means the one who does what is right. That's the just. The one who does what is right. For a man, a human being, what is doing right for a man for any man what is doing right is to have faith in God's faithfulness let me complete the sentence for men what is doing right is to have faith in God's faithfulness to put things right on the earth is that what Abraham believed? That's what Abraham believed. Isn't it? So God accepts people into his plan to put things right on the earth by faith. Is it making sense? God accepts people into his plan to put things right in the earth by faith. I'm saying God gets you into that plan by you believing what God is doing. By you believing in the faithfulness of God to put things right in the earth. Are we together? Yes. So, he accepts people into what he's doing right by faith. God is doing something to put things right in the earth. And he accepts you into that plan by faith. By you just believing that he's faithful to put these things right. Are we moving together now? Yes. If we read that Habakkuk in the contemporary English version, it will say, I, the Lord, refuse to accept anyone who is proud. Only those who live by faith are acceptable to me. <laughs> so he saying, only those who believe in what I am doing on the earth are acceptable to me, are admitted into my plan. Amen? Is, is, is uh, Mrs. Uh, Etenia? Amen? You, you just been given uh, extra responsibilities and we are clapping hands for you. 
just like the people who, who get married, they are getting married today, they are given a certificate. You went to invest. When you are going to admit it, invest, is that when you are given a, a certificate? No. You must do right first, and you get a certificate at the end. So we are not even claiming for it because you're going to race to run. You're going to cost to go through. The certificate comes at the end. I'll show you when the certificate comes. I'll show you when the clapping of hands comes. Don't tell me misses that, the two of you. Amen? Even that certificate you got for marriage, we must take it away from you. It must come at the end. Is that not so? Who, gets, who, who goes to you? Who enrolls into a, into a task and they get a certificate before they complete the task? We must clap and that you have done it well. But in, in weddings, they are getting a certificate, a diploma for an exam they have not yet passed. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You are blessed, uh, Agent. You are blessed. You are in a, a position of honor and a position that is highly esteemed in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. So let's go back to Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Romans chapter 3, verse 22. I'm reading from the contemporary English version again. It says, God treats everyone alike. How many of you have heard that God loves Jews? Is there a Jew here? A Jew, a Jew. You know, are you a Jew? Well, you are a Jew and a Christian. A complete, Do you have a Bible there? Give no offense to the Jew. 
Jew, not the Gentile, not the Church of God. Which means in the earth there are three races. There is the Jew who is not born again, who is going to hell if he doesn't get born again. Then there is the gender who is not born again, who goes to hell if he's not born again. Now when a Jew comes to Christ, he's born again. He becomes the church. When a gender comes to Christ, he's born again. He is the church. In the church, there is neither Jew nor gender. There is a church, which is a brand new race on the earth. Amen. When God sees us throughout the world, he sees these three races. The Jew is not born again. The Christian, which is Jews and genders who are born again. And then the gender who is not born again. The, the, the Jew in you died on the cross. This one is a new life. Amen. Right. Where are we? Oh, what, how am I doing on time? Today you forgot to. <laughs> Amen, 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 amen. Now, he said, let's read again Romans 3 verse 22. He says, God treats everyone alike. He accepts people only because they have faith in Jesus Christ. Where does he accept, accept people? Where, where does he accept you? He accepts you in his plan. He accepts you in what he is doing. What is he doing? He is putting things right on the earth. So when you believe in his faithfulness to put things right on the earth, he accepts you in that plan. And you are admitted into that plan. And you become part of that plan. Are we together? Yes. I'm coming back to that one. Now, now. So, let's go to Genesis 15 verse 6. King James. It said, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. He counted it to him for what? For right doing. Okay? Now, if you look at that verse, there are two pronouns. There is a pronoun that appears twice. He. Can you see? And he believed. And then he says, and he counted. Who he? Who he? Who is the he that? Who, who is it that believed in the Lord? That was Abraham, isn't it? And who counted it to him for right to Who is that he? Must be careful there. Okay. Listen to me. Abraham believed in God's plan to put things right in the earth. Are we together? Yeah. He believed. That is everything. He believed in that. Okay? And God judged that believing, that Abraham's believing, he judged it as right doing. Can you see? So, Abraham believed in the plan of God to fix things on the earth. To put things right on the earth. 
Who is fixing things? It's not Abraham, it's God. So Abraham, by believing that plan, he comes into the plan. And God says, you have done right. What have you done right? Because you have believed in my right doing. We say in, in, in Romans 6, rather Romans 1 verse 17, we say from faith to faith means Abraham having faith in the faithfulness of God to put things right. Isn't it? We are still flowing with that understanding. So, let's read from uh, Isaiah chapter 60. I'll read from verse 18, then 21 and 22. Are we together? Are you ready? I'm reading from the King James. It says, The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fair tree, the pine tree, and the box together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary. To beautify the place of my sanctuary. What is God's sanctuary? Is where God lives. What is God's sanctuary? It's God's temple. Do you know this building is not God's temple? Yep. God's temple are these ones. So if we live here and we go under the tree, we will be God's temple still when there is no roof. Because God is tabernacled in us. When Moses built the tabernacle, when Solomon built the temple, it was a teaching aid to show God's plan for the earth. They were demonstrating it with that temple. Amen? Amen. What God wanted in the earth was what was demonstrated what in that temple. Okay? So, what God's temple is the whole earth. He wants the whole earth to be what? His sanctuary. How does the whole earth become his sanctuary? When everyone walking the earth is saved. Are we together? Yeah. So that's the sanctuary of God. Then he says, I will make the place of my feet glorious. Can you see? It's God doing it. Which means, which means this is God doing what is right. Okay? Yeah. Verse 22. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. That's the earth. They shall inherit the earth forever. The branch of my planting, which means it's God doing something. It's his planting, he's doing. Okay? The work of my hands is God doing something with his hands. That I may be glorified. So God does it that he may be glorified. Verse 22. A little one shall become a thousand. And a small one a strong nation. I the Lord will hasten it in his time. So this is what God is going to do. He said we were doing the Multiply conference, isn't it? Can you see that? Yes. Can you see that? A little one shall become a thousand. Is that not multiplication? Yeah. Yeah. And then he says, a small one shall become a strong nation. That is the multiplication we are looking for. Mm. Or God is looking for. <clears throat> Amen. We are still in the pit. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, 
We are heading to multiply. Who didn't come to the multiply conference? Who didn't come? My brother, you were there. Who didn't come? Where were you? Where were you? My brother, where were you? find in an encyclopedia. You, can, you cannot find in any journal. You cannot find on Google. Jehovah Google. Yeah. Amen. But we'll help you understand it a little bit as we do this, okay? And then you get to listen to the recording and you catch up. Amen. Hallelujah. So your purpose is found in the new birth and begins with the new birth. God created mankind for his purpose, but mankind is in sin, so God cannot use them for his purpose. So God has got to save them so that he can use them for his purpose. That's why he says, I will save you for my sake. I will cleanse your sins for my sake. It's for his sake, not for your sake. Did you get that? Yes. Do you have a cell phone? Cell phone? Yes. That's it. Let me see all the what's up there. Look what is new has come. Verse 18. 
And all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Can you see who is doing? It's not you doing, it's God doing. It's God doing the right thing on the earth. These are from God who reconciled us himself to himself through Christ and who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So he sent you to give you a ministry. He sent you to give you a ministry. He did not save you so that you can go and sleep. <laughs> what is ministry? You are doing something. You are ministering something to someone. That's why he saved you. It's clear. from God, which means it's God who is doing what is right, it's not you. Who reconciled us himself through Christ. Can you see? That's the washing of the blood. So, he did not set you free. He set you free from Satan to himself. So you belong. You are not yet free. And you are never going to be free. Himself, so you came from the darkness to himself through Christ and who has given. So together with that, he gave you the ministry of reconciliation. That he gave you something to do in the righteousness. Take it easy. <laughs> Verse 19. In other words, I like this good English. In other words, in Christ, God was reconciling the world. God was doing what is right for the world. Uh. He uh, was reconciling the world to himself. Not counting people's trespasses against them. And he has given us the message of reconciling. So he gave us something. Come again. You don't have to add to it. But keep listening. <laughs> Let's go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one in the King James. In the King James, verse twenty-one. Verse twenty-one. God made the one who did not know sin to be sin. That's God doing things right on the earth. That's how He did it. Yeah. For us, He did that for us. We did not do it. So righteousness is, is not our doing. It's um, God's doing. Yeah. He did that so that in him, you and me would become the right doing of God. Yes. We are what God did right. We are what God did right. And God did right so that we are usable, so that we are profitable to him. So that he can use us. Sure. Like that phone. You did not just fix the phone and throw it in the wardrobe. You fix the phone so you can use it. And the person who is writing, Paul, he did not have chapters, he did not have verses. <laughs> so don't stop there. He's still continuing. Mm -hmm. Go over, flip to 
chapter 6, verse 1. There we are. He's still talking about the same thing. As we work together, can you see that righteousness where it gets you? It gets you to work. It's good. Yeah. You are admitted into what God is doing right. God made you right and admitted you into what he's doing right. So that you can work together. You are now usable. You are now profitable. Because you are saved unto him. You are saved for his sake. And his sake is to fix the earth with the blood of Jesus. Amen. So now, if you are righteousness, you are admitted into what God is doing right and you start to do right together with God. That's why he said, as we work together with him, so we are working together with him. That is what we are doing right. That is righteousness. That is right doing. As we work together with him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. Don't accept that right doing in vain. God does you right and you just sleep. You, when he does you right, you must join up with him to do what God is doing right in the world. Yes, mm. Then he says, for he says, at a certain time, I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation, I have helped you. Do you know that he helped you? Do you know that he helped you? Do you know where it's coming from? Where they say, a woman, let us make him a help meet. Help meet is not a woman helping a man. <laughs> Hello. If Moira is helping you, if Moira is your helper, who is helping you? Who is your helper? Who is your helper? Women are not helpers. In fact, they can, they can, they can actually divide things. Go back to the garden. <laughs> I, I, today I need to be a bit gentle because I've been quite uh, trusting the last two, two days. So, we are saying that the help is the, the helper. The helper is always God. If you, if you go back to the book of Genesis where it says, let us make men a help meet. That place is talking about God. Throughout the Bible, that helper will be God, not woman. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, where are we now? Verse 3. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no food may be found in our ministry because we are supposed to be doing something. <laughs> That's righteousness. That is right doing. But a servant, righteousness makes you a servant. A servant does everything. He saves. His master. But a servant of God. Can you see who servant? I told you you are not free. <laughs> a servant of God, we have, we, we have commanded ourselves in every way through great endurance in affliction, hardship, and calamities. You guys who are going for missions, don't despair. Lean on the Spirit. In the heart, He knows that you are going to come, but He does not leave you on your own then. God does not send you to Europe and leaves you in, 
in your uh, in your own faculties. He is dependable. Amen. God, when you go out there, don't pray. When you do prayer, don't pray for God to talk to you. When you begin to pray for God to talk to you, you are already in unbelief. Yeah. God broadcasts 24 7. Amen. He is always talking. Yeah. Amen. You pray so that you hear what He is saying, mm-hmm. not so that He says, because God is always broadcasting. In our church, I've almost investigated almost every death that has happened in our church. And in almost every death, I've gotten to a point when God spoke about the death or warned and people did not listen or did not get it. No one is going to run into a disaster and God is not telling you. You are just too busy, you can't hear. You are stubborn. Let's go to where are we now? Yeah, we are on that one. Right. There is another slide if you want to read. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter three, verse five to six. I'm reading first from the King James. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse five to six. It says, "Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God." Not that we are sufficient to put ourselves right, but God is one who put us right. Are we together? Who has also, 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 who has also made us, can you see, with that right doing, you are made also something. Who has also made us ministers of the New Testament, so you are supposed to minister. So you cannot be righteous and you are not doing something. Because righteous is doing something right on the earth together with God to put things right in the earth as God wants it. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are made able ministers. He has made you able. Don't say I can't do it. Yeah. You are able. Because he gave you his spirit. So he said, ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter is by the spirit of So when you are with the gospel, you are not saying that shall not sin, that shall not do. No, that's not what I say. You are saying God is already washed you from your sins. Come. It's a ministry of reconciliation. When you go to somebody and you say God is not blessing you because you are in sin, it's a ministry of separation. Yeah. Ours is a ministry of reconciliation. Mm. So we minister life. How do we minister the spirit? We minister the spirit by preaching the gospel. Whoever believes receives the spirit. Are we together? Uh-huh. Uh, in the, I'll read that same verse in the in the new revised standard version. Um, up, my time is up. Uh, let me see. Can you? you can go. I can round up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm lending. Yes. I'm lending. I'm, okay. Am I lending? All right. Yes. Look at that. Look at um, that version. New revised standard version says. Not that we are confident of ourselves to claim anything is coming from us. You are not, you did not put yourself right. You cannot claim that you put yourself right. God put you right so that you can put things right in the air. So he says, it's coming from us. Our confidence is from God. So it's God doing. Righteousness Amen. is God doing. Amen. 
when we say you are the righteousness of God, we are saying you have been admitted into what God is doing right in the earth as he is mm. doing it with you. So you better get to do something. <laughs> Verse 6. We have made us competent to be ministers of the new covenant. We are ministers of the new covenant. We are not over the new covenant. We are not under the new covenant. We are not in the new covenant. <laughs> we are ministers. We serve the new covenant. There was a promise. Nathan. Nathan, I'll give you a Bible. Okay? It's a promise, isn't it? Then I go away. I pass again and there is someone. Nathan, I'll give you the Bible. Bible. I go again. I come and say, Nathan, I'll give you I'll give you a Bible. It's the same promise to give the same thing. But it's not yet done. When I come and say, Nathan, I'll give you Bible. That is what is called new covenant. Repeating my commitment mm. to do the same thing. That is what is called new. New does not mean something else. New means in the language of the Bible. New means it I've not yet fulfilled it. So I come and to myself, give you the Bible. It's still the same covenant, but it's called new covenant because it's not yet done. So the day I do it, I've given you the Bible. I no longer have a promise with you. I no longer have a covenant with you. I have fulfilled my promise. Now, because I have fulfilled my promise, you are not in the new covenant, you are not under the new covenant, you are not over the new covenant, you are now a minister. That which you receive, now you go and minister to somebody else. That's good. That's why he said, we are now ministers of the new covenant. How do we minister the new covenant? We are ministering the same promise. To who? To those who have not received it. So righteousness is right doing together with God. Are we together? Amen. Are we together? Amen. Let's go to Second uh, Corinthians three verse nine because I want the word righteousness to come there. Second Corinthians three nine. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds. The ministry of what? Of right doing. The ministry of right doing. How are you doing the ministry of right doing? Together with God. Second Corinthians 6, verse 1. You are co-workers together with God. Putting things right with God on the earth. Mm. That is what is called righteousness. That's it's good. right doing. There must be something you are doing right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 15. Rather, chapter 13, verse 7. Yes, sir. Yeah? Let's read from the Revised Standard Version. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5 to 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 to 7. Hallelujah. I'm coming back to the team of man. Examine yourself. Hey, examine who? Examine me. Yourself. <laughs> Check yourself. Examine yourself to see whether you are living in the faith. Are you still in faith? Have you believed the right concerning righteousness? If you are not doing right, you, are not, you have not believed right. And that's why I'm here, to correct that believing. Huh. Examine yourself. If you are saying, I'm righteous, I'm righteous, we see you do nothing, you are not righteous. You are not right doing. You must be right doing. Uh. Examine yourself to see whether you are living in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Mm. 
must serve it to someone. The life you receive, you must serve it to someone through the gospel. Don't you know that? Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Are you going to fail to meet the test? <laughs> I hope you will find out that we have not failed. Me and Pastor Shane, we are training you. We are teaching you. We don't sleep. Sometimes, do you know, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. The Lord wakes me up in the middle of the night. My wife wakes up and I'm in the Bible. And, and sometimes I can wake up and like 12 o'clock. I don't sleep until I wake up. And I am, I am, I live ready. You, you wake me up today. Whether it's a funeral, a wedding, whatever, even if I am preaching. I don't have to prepare because I prepare everything. Sometimes I'm driving, I'm driving, I pull, I pack, I start to ride in my epic. What the Lord is ministering. So we are teaching you so that you become what God created you to be. Right doing. Amen. But you pray to God that you may not do anything wrong. Can you see? If there's a doing, not that you may appear to have made it. Make the test, but that you may do what is right. Can you see? That's righteousness. To do what is right. That is righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you in faith? Yes. Are you in faith? Let's take that one last, last scripture. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 8 in the New King James. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have you been to your funeral? And you hear the preacher saying, Ah, this John, <coughs> he ran his course. Yeah. You heard that? Yeah. He ran his course. Well, seven. Alright. He, he has fought a good fight. That person never preached the gospel to anyone, even if he's born again. He never preached the gospel to anyone. That person is not running any, any, any race. That person is not running, is not fought any good fight. He says, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. That person is not kept the faith. What does that mean? So Paul is saying that. For I have already been called out as a dream of and he said, My life has been spent serving God. I have lived my life as a sacrifice to God, doing what is right. That's what he's saying. Okay? And the time of my departure is again. He says, Now I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die. When you've served purpose, you know you're ready to die. Do you know you get ready to die? Okay, I'm coming. Verse uh, 7. I have fought the good fight. What is fighting the good fight? The preaching of the gospel. Because the gospel is a war. Uh. Where you are plucking out people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's a war. You are taking prisoners. Yes. I have finished the race. Hmm. And this person is, is sleeping in the coffin. He's done nothing. He's, they are saying he has finished the race. Where was he running? <laughs> then they say, I have kept the faith. What is keeping the faith? You are never going to lose your faith. Once you are born again, you never lose your salvation. Yeah. Keeping the faith, there means. I did not mix the gospel with covetousness. I did not change the message, the, the message that's keeping the faith. Keeping the message correct. Some people you they want to, you know, you know the you know you Ben Angel? Yeah. 
But that's, that's not keeping the faith because they are fishing people's money. Amen. His, his, his pastor's friend. <laughs> I mentioned him often here. Yeah. You saw, you know, that I had to talk about him because he's poisonous. Uh, finally, look at this now. Finally, they laid up for me the crown of right doing. There's going to be a crown for what you did. There's no crown for you being saved. Because you did not save yourself. It's the blood of Jesus. So if you say, I'm righteous because I'm not sin, it's okay. You will not sin. But there's no reward for being a good Christian. There's a reward for preaching the gospel. Amen. Amen. Which the Lord, the righteous God, will give to me. Can you see? Oh, this is writing to a Christian. He doesn't say who give to us because he doesn't know what the other one is doing. <laughs> that you cannot say who give to us. I cannot, I cannot cheat you that way. Uh, he is talking about himself because he knows what he's done. So that is not general. Uh, That's for the ones who did it, who worked for it. And then he says, not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. How do you love his appearing? By doing what is right together with him in the earth. Oh. I, my last, my last, my last uh, question. Why do you want to wake up alive tomorrow? Nothing. Why do you want to wake up alive? Isn't it nice to say, yeah, you've not yet, you're still handsome, and you remember he is a handsome guy. When you want to first have a pot belly and you are not looking nice, and then we, we remember you as an old with the white hair, beard. Isn't it just nice to die a young guy? You're looking handsome in the coffin there. Why do you want to wake up? Tomorrow. Why do you want to wake up alive tomorrow? To bring others to Christ. Hallelujah! Let's open for me. Do we have it there? Maybe we don't have it. What's it? The last, um, uh, Philippians 1, verse 21. Uh -uh. Right, I'll read it. Can you read uh, maybe what version should you read? Ooh, read New, uh, New, uh, New Living Translation. Correct. Philippians 1, 1. Philippians 1, 21. Philippians 1, 21. Am for I me, For me to live... Oh, if, uh, for to me, living means living for Christ. And dying okay, is even better. Let's go to King James. I think it's better. <laughs> it is. Some of these Bibles can say weird, weird things. Eh? You want a way <laughs> For to me. For to me. To live is Christ. To live is Christ. And to die is gain. To die is gain. To die is not loss. Mm. Yeah. So why don't you die? <laughs> <laughs> Because to die is not lost. He says for a person to die is what? Gain. It means it's more. It means it's better. Carry on, sir. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor, from my labor. He says if I continue living, it means fruit from my labor. As I go to preach the gospel, people are brought into the kingdom. He says if I stay alive, I've got work to do. And people 
come to the kingdom. Kenya? Uh, yet what shall I choose? I cannot tell. But I don't know what, is, what to do now. This is how you must look at death. He says, I don't know what to do. To live is better. But to stay is also good that people will come to the kingdom. But for my personal benefit, to live is better. And I'm, I'm torn between two. I don't know what to do. You know when you wake up in the morning, you don't know whether you should have a, 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 a sandwich of white bread or a sandwich of brown bread. Do you have white bread or brown? That's what he, he's making such a choice between death and life. Which means it's not so bad. Yeah. But look at him. Sorry. <laughs> For I am hard pressed between the two. I'm hard pressed to choose whether I should die or live. Can you see how sweet that is when you understand it? Yeah. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ. He wants to die and be with Christ because it's good. Which is far better. Which is not better. Far better. <laughs> Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. For who? This man is not living himself. That's why he says, I've finished my race. That's why he says, I've kept the faith. That's why he, he's not living for himself. He's saying, okay, I, now I know. I'm making up my mind to stay alive. So that I can minister the gospel. Is there not a cause? Don't just wake up dead. <laughs> you have a choice to make. And what is your choice? <coughs> Give your life purpose. <laughs> Give your life purpose. This body is motivated with purpose. <laughs> every atom, every drop of blood is pointed at purpose. When you pray, I will not be sick. The body knows why it should be sick. You want to be healed to sleep again. The body will say, oh, why? Why should I be healed? Why should I be healed? You want, me, you want me to be healed so that you can sleep again. The body is confused. <laughs> this purpose. Is there not a cause that you should be healthy? Mm. Is there not a cause that you should stay healthy so that you can meet people and fish in Russia?
The life that is there is the life of Christ. That's what Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 is saying. Amen? Mm. So if you guys are afraid of your funeral, cry. Your funeral already happened. This one here is going to live, going to live forever. Mm. Put your hand on the chest. I want to pray for you. My sister, will, my sister, will you politely promise me to bring your Bible to church? Please, I pray for you. Please, Amen. Anyone else who has not come with the Bible here, please. Today you can put Bible even in the phone. You got a phone? The Bible is there. Ah, so you got Bible. That's fine. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for these precious ones. Your church, your children, whom you brought forth with your precious blood. They are an important lot. Who you brought into your own plan so that you can use for your own plan, for your sake. Father, I thank you for the opportunity of you using me to minister the word into their heart. I water that word now with prayer and by the Spirit of God that it bears fruit in their hearts. That they begin to think about purpose. They begin to think that they are created and born again. Not so that they can drive a car, not so that they can buy a house, not so that they can be married, but that they may be used of you in your plan for salvation on the earth. Father, thank you that in your faithfulness, even when I'm long gone, you continue to minister to them at an individual level, each and every one of them, that they may stand up strong in their purpose. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co.